Hi, everybody. I'm Matt Lachlan. Welcome to the latest edition of Pirates Talk. As Seton Hall begins play in the Big East Conference Tournament this week, the excitement at Madison Square Garden is always off the charts. And the Pirates enter on a little bit of a downer. They're the third seed based on a three-way tie for the regular season championship with Creighton and Villanova. However, Seton Hall lost its last two at home to Nova on the road to Creighton, so we'll see how they bounce back. Their game will take place on Thursday, their first game when they face off against Marquette. There's no one better in this area to discuss college basketball and Seton Hall hoops in particular than my good friend Jerry Carino, who at a very busy time in his schedule, never mind what you do for the paper, the Asbury Park Press, Jerry, never mind the Jersey Jump Shot podcast that you've recently started, never mind the fact that you're a father, never mind the fact that you're a professor at Kane University. Hey, (laughs) you are a busy man. How do you do it all, by the way? Well, if you don't mind not sleeping, then it's easy. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. This time of year, nobody sleeps. And that's what you buy in for. But, you know, there's enough adrenaline to get you through it, Matt. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it does motivate all of us. Okay, so before we get to the tournament proper, I want to ask about the way Seton Hall ended uh, the regular season. Not just the last two losses, but really going back to when they had a three-game lead for first place in the conference. And it slowly dissipated and then quickly went in the last two games. Any cause for concern? Well, the, the league kind of caught up on them, right? Romero Gill was a total surprise in the first half of the league schedule. Nobody was prepared for him. Teams went to school on him in the pick and roll. And then Sandro Mamukalashvili came in, added another dimension. Teams had to go to school on that. Teams have gone to school on Miles Powell. These coaches are good. You know, they know how to defend Seton Hall, and they kind of caught up with the Pirates. So now it's time for a counter move, and, and that's – Kevin Willard has a good track record here. His teams have closed strong in the Big East tournament over the last several years, uh, making the final two years uh, last year, winning it in 2016. They've played well in Madison Square Garden. And Miles Powell's played well there. So, But, yeah, I think the league caught up with them a little bit. I do think Seton Hall's starting guards are physically worn down. Uh, Powell and Quincy McKnight, they've been playing a lot of minutes. And, uh, you know, they'll have some time off now. They'll have some some downtime in between heading into the Big East tournament and then heading into the NCAs. And this is it. I mean, this is this is the time to leave it all on the court, Matt. So I do I do think there is some some cause for concern, but I also think Seton Hall still has the best team. They still have the most experience. It's still their year. So until proven otherwise, I think there's a lot of reason to believe the next couple of weeks could be special for the program. How do you view the seeding here? Uh, obviously, three regular season champions. Three teams will lay claim to it in the Big East has said there's no tie break there, so everyone gets to raise a banner. Congratulations to Creighton and Nova and Seton Hall for accomplishing that. A little strange, but hey, why not? Share the wealth. But when it comes to... Big Ten does the same thing, by the way. Same thing with the Big Ten. So it's not that uncommon. It is. It does look strange uh, when you compare it to, say, professional sports perspective, but this seems to be the MO in college sports, so... You know, so and, everybody gets to have a little fun with it. You know what? And fair enough. Listen, let let everyone enjoy it. It's a long regular season. And if you finished right. at top, no matter how it happened, why split hairs based on some formula that may not just right. be head to head? So uh, but let's skip ahead. They do break the tie in terms of seeding. So is the number three spot good, bad or indifferent from your point of view for Seton Hall? All right. If you asked me last week, I would have said it's terrible because they're playing at 930 at night, you know, two nights in a row if they win the first game. 9.30 stinks. It's exhausting for everybody in the program, not to mention the fans and the poor media members. Um, but 
beyond the time, I it, I actually now, if you ask me now, I think Seton Hall got the best draw. Uh, so, I mean, would you rather play Marquette, which has lost six of their last seven, which Seton Hall matches up really well against, be twice handily this year? Or would you rather play, you know, have the prospect of playing Xavier, which is a physical team that is desperate for one more win to get them over the hump in the NCAA tournament bubble? Or would you rather have to play, you know, a St. John's team that is giving everybody fits, is playing their rear end off and is home? So, I mean, that's what, you know, those other games are what Villanova and Creighton are going to have to deal with. To me, Seton Hall got the ideal draw for them. So I think it worked out pretty well for them. You know, I, I see it in a very similar fashion because if you just even want to jump beyond that, you knew that Seton Hall was going to face, in all likelihood, if seeding holds up, uh, they were going to face a powerful team in the semifinals. So that this in this case, it would be Villanova. Uh, again, uh, Seton Hall has to get there, but it would be Villanova. But if they're the number one team, uh, then they might have to face Providence. And who wants to play Providence if they can get by Butler? Creighton's draw is brutal. First of all, Creighton is now out. Their point guard is now out. Uh, Marcus Zagorowski has a has an, un, he, an unspecified meniscus injury, meniscus being a kneecap. So he's def, he's he's out for the opener, and his status for the rest of the tournament's up in the air. So Creighton's road is brutal. They got to play St. John's at St. John's home. Well, St. John's has to beat Georgetown first. Yeah, but the, I think they probably will. But either way, they're going to get a, a, a gritty, tough team. And if it's St. John's, it's at their home. And then, you know, they, then they have to play, I mean, potentially Providence if they beat Butler. Providence is the hottest team in the league. And my pick to win the tournament, the trendy pick to win the tournament, team Seton Hall matches up terribly with. So, yeah, Creighton's got the hardest road. That's the reward for being won. It's just weird the way it shakes out. As far as Seton Hall, a Seton Hall-Villanova semifinal, Villanova's got to beat Xavier first. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and, you know, I'm assuming Xavier takes care of DePaul, which stinks. Um, that's Villanova's got his handful. We'll have his handful in the quarterfinal. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's a crazy year in the league. I just I like where Seton Hall is. You know, you wouldn't. You'd rather the game didn't end at midnight. But I think they're <laughs> they draw. I think I think and I, maybe maybe I'll be wrong about this, but I think Marquette is going to be just what the doctor ordered for this team. Well, it certainly shapes up that way, but you got to do. We're going to get another Marcus Howard, uh, Miles Powell showdown. But beyond that, Seton Hall won the two games during the regular season. And I think it is a good matchup because, boy, Marquette has, as you mentioned earlier, they've really swooned down the stretch. What, what, what's the reason behind that? Yeah, they're just, you know, they, they're, they're very reliant on one guy. He's great, Marcus Howard, but they don't, they don't play great D. Um, and, you know, there's just, they're just not a lot of firepower there. So uh, they lost the, you know, they lost the Hauser brothers late in the cycle last year, off in the off-season shuffle, and they they're possible to replace. So Marquette had their moments this year where they played well. They played great at home. They're not home anymore, you know, they're not home in this game. So, so they, yeah, they I think this this it's just a struggling team that has sort of seems like it's run out of gas. Postseason, of course, is a clean slate, so we'll see. But all you can do when you're analyzing matchups is look what a team has done and. They haven't done well. So, yeah, it's Marcus Howard could score 40. He almost scored 40 the last time they played, and Seton Hall still won the game going mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. So it's just about, you know, it's about Seton Hall putting points on the board against a defense that can't match up with them. What and there's se- no one, Marquette has no one who can defend Miles Ma- Powell. So that's, again, a disadvantage. And that has been one of the things, as uh, everyone knew about Miles coming in, and then he gets off to that terrific start, gets hurt. 
but now everyone has been putting their best guys against him, and it's been a grind for him. Uh, what do you see that tells you, and you've covered him from his freshman year, and you have a wonderful relationship with him, what tells you that he'll he'll be able to overcome that coverage and be the guy that Pirate fans saw earlier in the year? Well, first of all, he just has a terrific, he has a great history of Madison Square Garden. He was the best player in the Big East tournament last year. He scored 29 points and a half against Georgetown last year. He was the best player in the Big East tournament last year. He played arguably his best game this year there against St. John's. He carried the Pirates to a come-from-behind win. So he likes it there, uh, and I'm sure he'll play well there. The question is, will he shoot well from from deep? That's kind of been the issue, right? He still managed to get to the 10. Mm Mm-hmm. And he could do more to get to the line, probably. But, you know, he's passed the ball well. He's rebounded well. He makes guys around him better, which is why I think the Big East coaches are so high on him. Um, but but does he – does Powell shoot the ball from deep? To me, that's going to be the difference between how much hardware can Seton Hall collect over the next few weeks. Like, he's got he's to shoot the ball better from three. He doesn't have to shoot 50%, but he can't shoot 20%. And he does play well at the Garden, so we'll see. Um, but look, this is it for him. I mean, this is legacy time and he knows it. So you're going to get the guy's best effort. There's no question. Can you get, can you get a sharpshooter back that you've seen from in the past? I don't know how much the concussion has played into that, Matt. Kevin Willard thinks it's played some into it. He might be right, but we're going to see, but you'll get, you'll get a good miles Powell. No doubt. Will you get a great miles Powell is the question that kind of remains to be seen, and that can make all the difference for this team. And certainly it can. But if you get a good Miles Powell and everyone else contributes, Seton Hall's still in a pretty good spot. So who else are the keys as you see it, not only in Thursday's matchup, but should they win that and beyond? What are the keys here for Seton Hall, and what players need to stand out? Well, the perimeter defense, right? That's what looks so bad against Villanova and and Creighton. And the question is, how much of the credit goes to Villanova and Creighton for superior execution how much of the fault goes to Seton Hall for inability to cover the perimeter, um, you know, poor help and recover, uh, little lax man-to-man switches, people being out of, out of position or a step slow. I don't know the, the answer to that. I haven't broken down film, and I certainly don't on a coach's level. I suspect a mix of both, right? And so that, that brings us to Quincy McKnight, another guy who's played so well for, the, for Seton Hall, so hard, uh, and, but he did, not, he did not play well defensively the last two games. They need, and I, you know, again, I've I've been told he's he's banged up. Maybe he's a half step slow, but they need him to play well. They're going to need him, Powell, Shavar Reynolds, to and probably Miles Kale to defend the perimeter much better. Okay, if they don't do that, then they leave themselves open to being beaten by the three. So teams have kind of the book on Seton Hall now is, you know, pass them to death around the perimeter. We're not going to challenge you inside because because Roe Gill is going to just send you a shot into the seats. Um, we're going to pass you to death around the perimeter. So it takes a good, really good, well-executing, balanced team to do that. I don't know that Marquette can do that, given what the personnel they have. But certainly Villanova and, and Creighton did it. So perimeter defense is the number one thing. And then can can somebody take some heat off of Powell? Sandro Mamukalashvili, who was playing really well the last week or two, didn't have a great game at Creighton. But can he take some heat off Powell by stretching a defense? Um, that's, a, that's another question. So listen, it, it's, it's a time of year for stars, Matt Powell, Mamu, 
Quincy McKnight, those are Seton Hall's three best players. Those are the guys who are really going to rise or fall on in this tournament. Last couple, and we'll let you go. You said Providence is your choice. Why? Another the hottest team, right? So six straight wins, and it's, it's like the way they're playing. Providence has played defense, and they've rebounded the entire year. What they couldn't do was throw the ball in the ocean. They couldn't hit, hit the side of a backboard. And now they're hitting shots, and you know that's that's it. I mean, that's the formula. Ed Cooley is a good coach whose teams play peak late. This team is peaking, so I like them a lot. I like their draw. I think they get they get a Butler team that has trouble scoring. They get, and if they win that, and they get a Creighton team that's without a point guard, I mean that's and doesn't really play well. They're well away from home. That's that's a big edge to them on that side of the bracket. So. It's, I'm not the only one. A lot of people like them, but they're the hottest team, and I'm going with the hot hand. That question had more of an edge than I meant it to be. I was just curious to you. No, no, that's your, okay. Your, your reasons why. Uh, and, they're all, and they're all valid. And they've got a point guard who's playing out of his mind lately. Yeah, I mean, the Providence is good. People forget they were picked to finish fourth in this team in the league in the preseason. They just got off to that horrendous non-conference start. But that's, that's ancient history now. And finally, uh, what does this tournament do for seeding come Selection Sunday for Seton Hall? It's a great question. been thinking about it a lot. Uh, so right now, Seton Hall is a consensus three seed. I, I think no matter what happens in this tournament, they will play in Albany. Uh, them and Villanova, I think, are just about locked into Albany as the two protected seeds there. So the question is, can Seton Hall move off the three line one way or another? Um, if they lose against Marquette, can they drop to a four? Yes, that's possible. I still think they'll be in Albany but they could drop to a four, which obviously makes the games a little harder going forward. Um, if they beat, you know, Marquette and Villanova, can they move up to a two? Um, you know, if they win the tournament, can they move up to a two? I don't know. They could maybe, but the other thing to consider, Matt, is that the committee the last few years, the selection committee, just has not really incorporated the conference tournaments. They've kind of ignored them. And when, unless there's a bubble team playing their way in, They've kind of ignored the conference tournaments when it comes to seeding. So, I, you know, if, if they do that, then Seton Hall probably winds up with a three seed. Either way, I don't think it's going to affect them much, nor do I think it's going to affect where they're going. They're, I mean, they're just 98% headed to Albany along with Villanova. So, And that's a good thing because it's regional, it's local, fans can see them play. So I don't think it affects seeding. To me, what this tournament's about, and I've always been skeptical of the benefits of the biggest tournament. Does it wear you out? for the big dance, the one that matters most, um, exerting so much energy and emotion. But to me, the, the big thing about this for Seton Hall is not seeding, it's confidence. Can they get the little mojo back coming off a really rough down downer week with two, two emotional losses? Can they get some mojo back? for the dance. That's what this is about. And that's what you want to see in the garden. I agree. A championship would be a cherry on top, but the fact of the matter is they got to get that mojo back because it was lost in those last two games. Jerry, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it as always. We know this is the busiest time of the year for you. Of course, Jerry is the astute writer for the Asbury park press and the Gannett chain. He is a AP top 25 voter. He hosts or co-hosts uh, Jersey Jump Shot podcast, and he's given us a few minutes here. Jerry, thanks very much, and enjoy this run. Thanks, man. Hope to see you in New York. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk. Special thanks again to Jerry Carino, who carved out a few minutes of his time from a very busy schedule for joining us on this week's show. 
So Seton Hall begins playing the Big East tournament on Thursday. Let's see how far they go. And as Jerry and I discuss, let's see if they can get that mojo back. So much promise this season, so much success, but now the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow lies ahead. Let's see what the Pirates can do. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your company. See you next time. I'm Matt Lachlan. Bye-bye.